If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to turn our attention once again to the Tagoras Learning Business Maturity Model, specifically to discuss the practical angle of how leaders can use the model in their businesses. But before we turn to that discussion, we want to offer a message from Next Thought, our sponsor for the third quarter of 2018. Brought to you by Next Thought, AssociationsNext.com is your opportunity to learn from some leading thinkers in e-learning and membership organizations, as well as giving you the chance to test drive the Next Thought LMS platform. In this educational series, you'll uncover new knowledge about instructional design, digital strategy, and staying true to your organization's long-term goals in the face of rapid change. Kiki Italian, Tracy King, and Lowell Applebaum lead the first three modules, and more courses will be added on a monthly basis. Visit associationsnext.com to enroll and experience the revolutionary Next Thought LMS for yourself. I definitely encourage you to check out associationsnext.com as well, but For the moment, let's get back to the focus of this episode, namely how learning businesses can actually use the learning business maturity model. And Jeff, I believe we determined that this would be a good discussion because of a comment that you got from one of our learning technology design participants earlier this year. That's right. I was talking to somebody who had been part of that event, and uh, she made the comment that... uh, with our value ramp, uh, it was immediately obvious to her how to, how to use that. And she was able to put that in front of her group and, uh, and just get a lot out of it, uh, just kind of intuitively, you know, people kind of rallying around it and, and coming up with ideas. But with the learning business maturity model, it just wasn't as obvious to her, you know, wh- what she should do with it, you know, how she should use it. And so we thought that'd be a, a good focus of the uh, of an episode because uh, certainly you know we don't want it to just be out there as a a pretty object or a, or a piece of theory we want we want people to actually use it so that's what we're going to do uh, during the rest of this episode is really talk about uh, how we think about how to use the learning business maturity model and I do think that the maturity model is a little bit more layered and nuanced than the value ramp both very useful tools and so. Like you said, this is why we want to de- devote an episode to how to best use the maturity model. Before we get to that, it's probably a good idea, though, to provide a brief overview of what the learning business maturity model is, for, especially for listeners who may not be familiar with it, or maybe for listeners who just simply need a little refresher. So we first introduced the model at our leading learning symposium a couple of years ago, and Our aim with it was to articulate the characteristics and practices of a mature learning and education business or line of business, um, as well as the stages that typically precede full maturity. And the model is intended specifically for market-facing organizations or units within organizations that focus on lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. So it's not intended for corporate training departments or degree-granting programs, for example. And we encourage you to visit the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 147 to get a visual of the maturity model. And that visual really helps a lot with putting it all together, but they're, they're basically 
two key aspects of the model. And the first is that the model spans four stages of maturity. And so stage one is static. Stage two is reactive. Stage three is proactive. And then stage four is innovative. And we define these in much more detail in the document that you'll find at the show notes. And in fact, we have done a whole episode previously when we went through the the learning maturity model, the learning business maturity model. So we'll also be sure to to link to that. But uh, but we're betting you you probably get the gist just by hearing those four categories. Right. So those four stages are one of the two key aspects of the maturity model. And the other key aspect um, is that maturity in each um, of those four stages is gauged according to characteristics and performance in five domains. And these are domains that we've found to be critical to the success of the learning and education businesses that we've been involved with over the years. Uh, You might be wondering exactly how you gauge your business in, in these five domains. And the answer is that we've also created an assessment that you can take to score yourself. You and your team can do that. And that assessment uh, is available for free. And we'll make sure to include a link to access it in the show notes. So again, leadinglearning.com slash episode 147. Now, the five domains are leadership. So this is uh, around the the idea of how clear is the vision for the learning and education business um, and, and how is accountability for achieving that vision shared and sustained over time. Um, strategy is the the second of the domains. So again, kind of how clearly articulated is the strategy? Has it been communicated and embraced broadly? Are there clear metrics um, that have been established and are being tracked? Capacity is the third domain. So does the organization have sufficient capacity um, in terms of things like human resources and technology to really be able to pursue the vision and strategy effectively? The fourth domain is portfolio. So um, this is looking at really kind of the content and methodologies and modalities um, and in terms of the learning that's being offered, the continuing education professional development. Um, is it aligned with well-researched and, and thoroughly understood learner needs? And then the fifth domain is marketing. So uh, this is really about making sure that you really do have a good understanding of the overall market and the competitive environment um, and that uh, there are appropriate marketing methodologies being used and, and being tracked over time. So those are, again, the five domains, leadership, strategy, capacity, portfolio, and marketing. So we've got our stages and then we've got those domains. But then, you know, the, the question uh, I think that this person was asking me was, you know, how do, how do I put all those together? Um, what, what do I actually do with this? How is this going to be helpful to me? And so when we look at the maturity model and just kind of how to practically make use of it, we break it down into to three major areas in, in which it's useful. And those are dialogue diagnosis and direction. So they, they happen to break down neatly into, into three areas that involve the letter D. You know, we have our four domains, our, or, or I'm sorry, our five domains, our four stages, and now our three areas of, of usefulness for the <laughs> maturity model. So it's, it's all coming together here. So we'll talk about the, I'll, I'll talk about the, the first one, um, which is dialogue. And 
So, you know, like the value ramp and and the value ramp was this person's point of reference um, for, you know, for listeners who aren't familiar with the value ramp, we'll definitely link to an episode on that as well um, and and to a a visual of that. But, um, but, but like that uh, concept, the, the learning business maturity model can just be extremely valuable as a conversation starter. So it's the kind of thing you can you can put up on the screen or, or hand out to people, just just as you would do with the the value ramp, um, and just start having some conversation around it. And this is true, really, whether or not you take the assessment uh, that you just referred to, Salisa. You know, you, you just you put it up there um, during a staff meeting or a board meeting. And it is guaranteed to spark useful commentary and insights. When, when people see those stages, when people see those domains, um, and, and we have some questions that go with them, we have some descriptors that go with them, there, we guarantee there is going to be conversation. People are going to say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can see that, that you know, we're, this is where we are. And somebody else is going to say, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think we're here or, you know, we're, we're strong in, in leadership, uh, but we're weak in strategy and somebody else is going to say, no, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's true. And, you know, and then what about marketing? So it, it provides that framework, um, for, for conversation, which can just be so, so valuable. Oftentimes people don't know how to, to talk about things, uh, necessarily. Well, I know just from some of our exchanges as well, that, uh, often a, a probing question, a, a discussion starter to get some of that dialogue going can just be, you know, which of the five domains are we strongest in? And often yeah. people will have a clear um, sense of which of those five. And then um, similarly ask, which of the five are we weakest in? And again, that can just give you a certain amount of insight. If there's great convergence of opinion around which domains are your strongest and weakest in, that tells you something. If there's a wide variety of opinions, that still tells you something as well. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, of course, we've done a lot of our work traditionally with membership organizations, um, often find ourselves in meetings with uh, the boards of directors for those membership organizations. And, um, and we found with, with those groups, uh, it can be particularly helpful because a lot of times those groups have not necessarily thought about their educational programming as a business, um, per se. They don't necessarily identify with this idea of the learning business. That can be true for staff as well. Um, but we find that the the maturity model can be particularly helpful to get board members to tune in to the fact that uh, that learning is a business and it needs to be viewed as one and managed as one. And of course, these uh, domains are, are all about kind of describing the, the core elements uh, of the business and then being able to mature along them. So, um, you know, like I said, if, if you, if you, even if you haven't taken the assessment, there's going to be plenty of, of conversation there. Now, if you have taken the assessment, uh, had staff do that, maybe had board, had volunteers, uh, whoever the relevant stakeholders are for your particular type of learning business, um, if you've had people participate in that assessment, then you're going to have the basis for an even more focused discussion because you're going to have the results to, to be able to, to talk about. And in fact, you know, if you do plan to conduct the assessment within your learning business, you know, we, we actually strongly recommend that you don't have too much of any discussion about the model in advance um, because you don't want uh, the individual perspectives to be overly influenced by the group discussion. So it's better to go ahead and, and, and take that, uh, you know, explain a little bit about what the model is, but, but have everybody take the, the assessment in advance of, of holding the kind of dialogue um, that we've just been talking about. But, but dialogue, just sparking that dialogue, providing a great framework 
for meaningful, productive, provocative conversations. I think that's you know the, the first area of usefulness for the maturity model. And even if you never get beyond that, that that's pretty useful um, right there. But uh, but we're going to talk about getting beyond that. That's right. So we'll move on to the second D. And, and really one reason for having the dialogue that you've just been talking about, Jeff, is that um, it's a valuable component of, of really understanding, i.e. diagnosing your situation. So the, that second D of diagnosis. And We've said many times before that a solid diagnosis really is at the heart of good strategy. You really have to understand your own organization, your own strengths and weaknesses, as well as uh, the competitive environment and and uh, changes that are coming down the pike and all of that. Um, but diagnosis is also at the heart of identifying the operational issues that may be standing in the way of successfully growing and developing your learning business. So as you engage in the kind of, of dialogue that the maturity model prompts, you're almost always going to hear a range of ideas and, and hypotheses that relate to your strategy and to your operations. And these are going to be you know, theories about what you should or shouldn't be doing and about what you're good at and, and what you're not so good at. And the key is to maintain perspective and, and to recognize that these usually are just theories. So you, you want to make sure that you have someone taking notes. You want to make sure that you're capturing everything that's said. Um, and then you want to start looking for patterns. So what are the comments and ideas and, and theories that pop up most frequently? Because these are going to be clues to where you need to dig deeper. And that might mean reaching out to members and, and customers to, to gather some more data. It might mean that you need to go out and do some competitive research or it might mean that you need to uh, take a more detailed look at some of your current processes and procedures to really understand where the gaps are. So the learning business maturity model provides a framework and that makes it much more likely that you're going to unearth the areas um, where you need to go deeper. It helps you to focus um, what could easily be a scattershot kind of hit or miss approach, um, and, and it helps you to better understand your business in a more uh, targeted and, and methodical uh, way. And so, of course, you know the the reason that you need that focus, um, that you need that solid diagnosis, is that ultimately you want a clear sense of direction for your learning business. And so, that's our our third and final area that we want to cover. So we've had uh, dialogue so far, really sparking meaningful production, pr- productive uh, conversation, and then using that as a basis for the type of diagnosis that uh, you just talked about, Salisa, and then ultimately getting direction out of that. So you know, by engaging with the model, you're you're going to want to arrive at clear actions that you're going to take. Uh, this is the direction here, those, those clear actions that you're going to take. And those are generally going to fall into, into three areas. So, you know, the first of these is, is strategy. Um, you mentioned this as part of diagnosis, that uh, having a good di- diagnosis for us is really the foundation of strategy. So understanding what's going on here, um, getting a sense from the dialogue and the diagnosis of how it makes sense to position yourself in the market. And then, of course, you know, you might want to do some, some checking on that. But, uh, but ultimately, you're going to come up with uh, how you really are going to position yourself uh, strategically in, in the market. And that's going to come out of uh, the, the dialogue and the diagnosis that's spurred by the maturity model. A, a second area is around um, really uh, human resources, so hiring and succession. 
So, you know, when you're looking at those, uh, the strategy, you're looking at those operational challenges and, and opportunities that come out of the diagnosis that the, the model provides for, that's going to tell you an awful lot about, you know, who you need on your team. You know, so if you do have some weaknesses in marketing or you do have some weaknesses around your, your portfolio and really having the, the types of learning initiatives that you want to be part of your learning business, that's going to inform who you need to hire and what positions they need to be hired into. And also, you know, looking at that progression towards maturity and what you're trying to do should inform your sense of succession planning. And this is a key component of leadership when we talk about that leadership domain. But, you know, if you're talking about having a mature, sustainable learning business, you need to be thinking about succession. You know, how as people move into other positions, as people retire from the learning business, um, how are you filling those seats? What's the planning for that? And again, you know, that, that dialogue and that diagnosis are going to lead to the direction that you're going to take around hiring and succession. And then finally, uh, the, the third area under direction is just, just your general performance, because um, you're going to be looking at all these specific areas of, of how uh, you actually operate, uh, how you focus yourself as a learning business, and you're going to need to be asking, you know, what are the processes and practices uh, that, you know, the ones that are working that need to be institutionalized? Um, maybe, you know, where, where are some of the weak ones, the bad ones that we need to either uh, improve dramatically or, or possibly uh, abandon them? Um, where are areas where we need to develop new capabilities? So, you know, to me, it's kind of amazing. You can set up a framework like this, um, like the maturity model, where you've got these stages, you've got these domains, and that it's going to really provide a basis for having some significant dialogue, doing some diagnosis, and then actually being able to set some direction around strategy, around your human resources, around the processes and practices within your organization. And I'll just add that, you know, it starts in with that first D, with dialogue. You know, we're not talking about monologue. We're talking about dialogue that involves back and forth. And Definitely. then that third D where we're talking about direction, really what you get out of using a tool like the learning business maturity model is that you have this shared basis. You have this shared language, the this shared um, areas to, to, to discuss and to focus on. And that that's really, really powerful often just to have that so that it's not kind of a wide open, you know, blue sky conversation. You, it, you can still have the big conversation, but that you have this framework of these domains, of these stages to, to put everybody um, on the same page, so to speak. And we, we've talked often over time about the concept of a social learning object. You know, so it's a point of focus for multiple people that are involved in an initiative, an organization, a business that's really what, I mean, it's what the value ramp is that uh, kind of sparked this question. It's also exactly what the learning business maturity model is. It is a social learning object. So everybody has this similar point of reference, same point of reference, really, that they're bringing different perspectives to um, that, uh, you know, is helping everybody learn something about your learning business, share their own learning, participate in learning together. And as you said, Salisa, you know, progress to a common understanding and a consensus around the direction of the learning business. So, you know, th this type, type of tool, you know, very simple in so many ways, but very powerful in, in, in so many other ways. 
So that wraps up our discussion of how to put the learning business maturity model to work. You can get show notes for this episode by going to leadinglearning.com slash episode 147. Um, There you're going to find a link to various maturity model materials, including a document that explains the model more thoroughly than we did in this episode, a link to the assessment. You'll find uh, a link to the past episode we did on the learning business maturity model and much more. And while you're there at the show notes, you'll also see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear on Leading Learning, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you would take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. You can go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That's going to put you in the right place to give us a rating and a brief review. And those reviews and ratings um, are really meaningful to us. And they also help others interested in the types of topics that we discuss here find this podcast. And we'd be grateful if you would visit associationsnext.com. Salise and I put a lot of effort into the Leading Learning Podcast. And one of the main reasons we're able to do that is because of the support of sponsors like NextThought. So please visit associationsnext.com where you'll have the chance to learn and to experience the NextThought LMS in action. Finally, we hope you'll tell others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share Or if tweeting isn't your thing, pick whatever other avenue uh, you prefer and spread the good word. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.